Hello, and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm Priscilla, the mama bird here at Little Bird Marketing. And today I am so happy to be highlighting amazing things that are happening in this industry that bring people together. Welcome to the MRX Mavericks miniseries. Your host, call sign Mama Bird, is on a mission to keep you out of the danger zone by introducing you to the Tom Cruises, the Top Guns, the Mavericks of the market research world. They're not flying F-14 Tomcats, no, 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 no. They're navigating the complex airways of data, consumer behavior, and market trends, and they do it with style. They don't follow the flight plan, they make it. This miniseries will be a little like a sweet 80s serenade. It might just take your breath away, but don't worry. We'll keep the oxygen mass ready. <laughs> Now, if you're feeling the need, the need for speed, and deep insights and razor-sharp analysis, strap into your ejection seat and get ready for some high-octane interviews. Our guests are flying in fast and ready to drop some knowledge bombs. Now, there's plenty of humor, fun, and, of course, plenty of Top Gun puns, so buckle up and keep your aviators on. We're about to go supersonic. (laughs) This is MRX Mavericks, where we're always in a flat spin of exciting developments and never too far from a volleyball scene. Enjoy the episode and remember, you can be our wingman anytime. Let's roll. Today, you are going to love the guest I have. I have Karen Lynch. She's the head of comms over at Green Book. And I mean, this is just true ponderings from the perch style. We are going to pull back the curtain and we're going to hear from the wizard herself. (laughs) Karen, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to be here and smiling from ear to ear just with the energy that you bring to this and I'm sure we'll bring to this conversation because I'm just already happy to be connecting to you in this way today. Yeah. Well, the thing is, nobody has ever met me for more than 10 minutes (laughs) is not fully aware of how much I love being together in person in groups. And I also sometimes Switzerland, I guess a little bit in the market research community, because I'm not a market researcher and I don't put, well, I say I don't put an event on, but I do put an event on, but I put a one day small, very boutique event on. I'm not a conference provider and I'm just a collaborator all over the place, but people know that I live and die for this conference season. So, and I will say in all fairness, everybody gets to have their preference. Just personally, my favorite event of the year happens to be a green book event. It is the IIEX North America. Now I've been to the APAC one, I've been to the Europe one, and I love them too. But in general, that IIEX format is just happens to be my favorite. Just saying, totally personal. Yeah, well, I certainly don't mind that plug and and appreciate it so much. It actually has been one of my favorites. You know, I've only been at Green Book one year. For me, coming into this position, I knew I loved the IIEX events, but I also went to every conference I could go to over the course of my career. I've loved them all. And I will say positive things. I think about every single one of them. I've never really met a conference I didn't enjoy on some (laughs) level because I think part of it is you make it what you make it. You bring your full self to an event and you lean into it and you say, oh, this is what this event's about. I'm going to lean into that vibe. So yeah, the IIEX events are special though. And I have memories of them prior to joining Green Book. And of course, By the time this episode airs, I'll have been through two IAX North Americas on this side of the curtain. So it's really great and glad to have your support. Well, I mean, I think anybody who has put an event on or helped just knows 
oh my gosh, the amount of balls juggling in the air. It's just almost, if there's moments I'm sure where you think, is this a farce? Like, <laughs> what is going on? What's my next line? It feels like a vaudeville episode or something. <laughs> you know what? I'm so grateful to have our events handled by Kara Balcom, who's our, gosh, I think her official title is Senior Manager Global Events, and she produces these events. So that takes that off of my plate. She okay, let's, handles let's just all stop. of Let, that. Let's insert like <laughs> angelic music for her. Exactly. Because I adore her like you could not believe. And yeah. I mean, what a pro. That is so cool. And I have worked with her more years than you have. And I mean, I'm jealous that she's yeah. on your team. And it does take a whole team like that in order to make something work. Yeah. And she's supported by one of our newer employees, Bridget Small, right now. And the two of them, again, there is no stone left unturned when it comes to the detail that they put into planning these events and then executing them on site. They really are rock stars in that way. It's fantastic. So that frees me and my colleague on the content side of things, Natalie Push, up to really bring the content to the stage. So that's my passion at work is who are we hearing from? What are they talking about? And how can we make sure that our audience leaves with everything that they came to experience? So yeah, we really work in tandem with the events team, but it can't happen without them. That's for damn sure. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's peel back the part that you deal with, because that's why I asked you on the show is I think people would like to hear a little bit behind the scenes. Like why, why do we get this content? Because you spend so much time listening to all of the surveys. And also, I know you guys do a lot of other research on the group, what they're asking for. So tell us a little bit behind the scenes. What are you listening for? And what are you hearing out there? What's the trending? And then how does that help you take that next step with what's going to be at the next conference? Yeah, it's interesting. I think there's a mantra that I repeat to myself, which is always be curating. I mean, I start my day every day with my coffee and the other things I might do in my morning routine, but inclusive of just reading and finding out what's the buzz. And it might not just be the buzz in the insights industry, but it might be the buzz in the tech space, or it might be the buzz in the entrepreneurial space, the startup space, the M&A space, like whatever is happening. I have a huge news feed that I use to review and keep my mind focused on the future and what's coming next and what the buzz topics are. So I think that's a part of it. We're always scanning to see what then we might want to bring to the stage. When it comes to the events, the IIEX audience is really unique in that one, we tend to get growth-minded individuals at our events. Compared to the other events in the industry, the people that come to IAX are really looking for what's next, what's hot, how can I stay on the forefront? So they have this hunger to learn what's coming and what those trends are. So we know we have to cater to that. We know our audience. And also they do tend to lean into that intersection of innovation, whether that comes through tech or whether that comes from processes and internal functioning, like how do we take insights into innovation? So that was the origination of the IIEX concept, the Insight Innovation Exchange, but that is also who tends to come to us. People who are, like I said, one, forward thinking and two, really leaning into innovation and what that means for their own organizations. So we're always curating and we're always thinking about our audience and that's how we do what we do. 
So tell us a little bit more about that audience. Let's break that down a little bit because you come from a quality side and then like what you're talking about here is you're serving the larger business issue and then you're serving kind of the forefront of tech and innovation, which obviously I'm going to split that not tech is innovation, but innovation, like you just mentioned, could be in processes or in, in other kinds of things. So I'm saying that as like two different things, but you have then a lot of other people in the crowd and that coveted Oh, wait for it. End client <laughs> that shows up and gets barraged your events. And everybody I'm sure is always asking you how many end clients are going to be there. <laughs> I'm sure that's like, that's your request akin to my, can you make the logo bigger? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. That's great. Yeah. So and it's true. We do have, first of all, yeah, to Priscilla's point, I was a career quality for 30 years before joining Green Book, I was in the qualitative field. So having attended as many QRCA events as I can, I've been a creative facilitator. So I attend the Creative Problem Solving Institute, which is an annual conference on creativity and innovation. And in addition to that, circulated all of the events. So yes, there are segments of our audience that are qualitative researchers and Note to self, I have tried to do justice to that segment of the field by bringing more qualitative content to our events because I remembered wishing there was more for me at IAEX when I was on that side of things. But we also have to honor the data scientists that come to our events. There are people that are in academia at our events. There are behavioral scientists that have kind of applied behavioral economics coming into their behavioral research practices internally at the end clients or externally in their consultancies. We have marketers that come to our event. We have agencies spanning all types of creative from advertising and marketing creative to design thinking and prototyping agencies. So we have such a cross-section of who comes and we have to speak to all of it. We have UX researchers, we have CX researchers, we have business intelligence and customer intelligence analysts coming to our event. So we're so broad and we do have to speak to all of it. So there really is something for everybody there and they are united in their mindset, not necessarily just the pillars that they work across, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that totally does. So tell me a little bit about how you guys break down the year because IIEX, even though it happens globally, I've been so lucky to go to each and every one of them. And I'm telling you, your Bangkok location just, it's really excellent. And it's so interesting how, in some ways, how consistent, how uniform some of your conferences are, and yet how each one has such a different flavor. It's very cool. So I just tell you, if, if you've gone to a certain conference and you love it, you love it, you love it, go to it in a different venue because you'll love it, but you'll be taken by surprise a little bit. That's my little wisdom I'm going to drop to you today. But tell us a little bit about you say your ideas always be curating. How are you thinking about curating for different locations across the globe? Do you feel like there's a wave of different trends? Let's take a short break. Hi, Priscilla McKinney here, Mama Bird and CEO at Little Bird Marketing. I'm so excited to announce finally, my book is out. Collaboration is the new competition. Why the future of work rewards a cross-pollinating hive mind and how not to get left behind. 
So what's the book about? (laughs) The impetus was really about a gap that I saw in the business vernacular about how we need to work together to get ahead and have much bigger wins. I think it's super important right now because there is a growing need for collaboration in the business world. And I made this book super practical. In fact, the chapters tell you how many minutes it's going to take for you to get through them. I know you're busy, but these kinds of ideas are going to, I hope, permeate into your thought process and help you get ahead quicker. The first part of the book is about what is the state of affairs in business and why I believe collaboration is really needed. And it also goes on to explain these are the fundamentals that need to happen so you can have collaboration. So once you set yourself up for the win, then it's not always smooth sailing. And I finished the last half of the book giving you seven different anchors that you can use as a practical tool in order to make sure you stay on course. So in a time when business has never been more complicated, this book offers a fresh and, in my opinion, much needed perspective. It moves away from that idea of linear success and instead brings people together to give you a competitive advantage. Visit PriscillaMcKinney.com for more information. Well, yeah, first of all, we are driven by our audience's needs and When it comes to choosing a location around the world, we know that we have a large audience in the APAC region, thus we have an APAC event. We have a growing audience in the LATAM region, thus we have had some virtual LATAM events. There will be a time in our future, again, once that audience is a little more solid for us, that we will have in-person events in LATAM as well. Obviously, North America, which is our flagship event, that's the largest portion of our audience. That's where we're located. That's where Green Book kind of has its roots. So thus, it becomes one of our bigger events. So when it comes to the regional events, it is based largely on how many people we have in that area. The other event bucket, if you will, that we do have, though, are the topical events. Like we have an IAX health event in the fall, which is really specific for pharmaceutical companies, for hospital and medical networks, for healthcare practitioners. It is really interesting because it is such a strong community within our community of people in that space who operate in those pillars. We have an IAX behavior event that brings to mind those thinkers that are applying behavioral science methods into their research. We may have other topical events popping up. I don't want to have too much of a spoiler because nothing's in fully cemented right now, but we'll probably have an AI event, right? We'll probably have other events as they come up and they become hot topics for us. So we also, those are not tied to location necessarily. Those are tied to what's hot and what we need to do to meet the needs and the gaps in our audience's content, if you will. Right. Okay. I love that. Let's kind of go back to a minute. You talked about just your own experience, which I think we draw so much from tough lessons we've learned ourselves, but you say that you went to a lot of conferences and then now you're putting the conferences on. So I guess maybe kind of personally, but maybe you could kind of do a little, maybe a little more emotional and then maybe an answer that's maybe a little more logical, whatever you want to do. But I'm kind of curious What do you wish people would do differently when they came to conferences? Like, where do you see the biggest gap of what they miss out? And I know that there's, we can go behind the scenes and complain a little bit about like people come to the conferences and expect the conference event organizers to do everything for you. Karen can't walk over and get, make you put your hand out and shake a hand and actually talk to somebody. It's very scary to walk across the room and make connections. And I get it. 
but the event can only do so much. But from your perspective, both personally and as the organizer, what do you think people miss doing that would be maybe either so easy or you just see is so obvious that could really expand and enhance their experience? So a couple of things. I love that question, by the way. Thank you for asking it. And it's completely spontaneous question, which makes me love it even more too. So I have no planning, but I do have thoughts. So Mm. thank you. The first thing I'd say is think of the event in three parts. Think of the event as what happens before it, what happens during it, and what happens after it. Before the event, you should take some time and think, what am I going to this event for? Why am I there? What is my purpose? What is my mission? What will make it fulfilling for me? Like do that visualization in me, or in my case, it it always comes out as journaling. Like I write down the three things I want to get out of an event every time. I've started doing that so many years ago. And is it really just to connect with people? Then I absolutely 100% have to prioritize connecting with people. Is it to make new contacts? Is it to meet people that are new? Then I have to step out of my comfort zone and shake some hands. Is it to solve a business challenge? Then I have to solidify what that business challenge is in my head, in writing, in front of me, have it on a post-it note. And that way I am mindfully seeking some answers or some inspiration to answer that business question. So whatever your purpose is for attending, go there in advance so that your brain is already primed to go to the event and meet your own needs. So that would be tip number one. When you're there, I would say it's twofold. One, lean into the experience. I know so many people that tend to, if they're at an event for the first time, they've never been before and they don't know a lot of people, they go to their own comfort zone, like you said, and they they maybe spend a lot of time in their hotel room. I get it, especially if you're have a preference for introversion, you don't want to put yourself out there. It is scary. But if you lean into the event and say, how can I maximize this? This just happened to me last year. I mean, within the last year, Priscilla, I was invited to the Qualtrics X4 Summit to talk about all the time because there were 10,000 strangers at that event for me. And I am super extroverted and love putting myself out there. And I was a nervous wreck because there were so many people and I didn't have my people there. So I had to figure out, okay, you know what? I'm going to sit next to this person who's sitting by themselves and start a conversation. And that opened up the door to a small group that we're all feeling similarly. And the next thing you know, we had our group, our people that we went through the rest of the event with. So you have to take those risks if it's the first time and just lean in. North America, do it. There's so much to experience. Go to the pop-up events or go to what's happening over there on this stage. Just experiment, lean in, figure out what works for you. One thing I love is how your team collaborates with other organizations like Women in Research. And I just kind of think, Who's the idiot who doesn't sign up for these free pre-events? <laughs> because, because what happens is you go to them. I love this advice. Lean into the event. What else is going on? It's too late once you get there. You guys collaborate with all these other cool organizations who provide small little events that are side to it. And you encourage that. Then you meet people. And I love the wire one, especially because it's usually the night before your event. So you're already in town. You just got there. You want to go have a drink with someone. So you meet someone and you're right. They become your posse for the whole thing. And at least the first day when you walk in, oh, there's someone I saw last night and had a glass of wine with. It just all of a sudden, all the anxiety is just so much lower. Okay. I interrupted you. No, that's good. After. 
Yeah, but let's build on that because I agree. I love those two. And I think if you do meet somebody and you're like, gosh, I don't know what I would say to somebody, say, hey, can I ask you a question? What do you hope to get out of this event? And then you're having that conversation that goes back to what your purpose is for the event and say, oh, that's really interesting. I didn't think of that. So you're anticipating what's to come with somebody else now. And then when you check in after, let's go to part three of what to do, which is afterwards, don't just let it go, right? Don't just say, oh, that was great. But debrief with yourself, if not with that person you met at the Wire event on the first night, do your reflection, do your journaling, say, hey, what were my top three takeaways? Or what were the things that I experienced that I'm going to share out with my team? There have been times when I've attended an event and then I go back to my team and I'm like, I know not everybody could go, that wasn't in the budget, but here are the top three things you should be mindful of and we should maybe put into practice. Or here's an idea, one idea that came out of this event that is going to pay off on our investment in me attending. Let's execute this one idea. Whatever it may be, give yourself the time and the space to process what you learned while you're decompressing from, certainly at our events, <laughs> what could be a lot, right? There's a lot going on at IAX. So if you allow yourself that decompression space to not lose what you learned, I would say that's the third thing. I love it. And someone who I worked with for a long time had the habit of on the plane ride home, writing that kind of recap blog on her LinkedIn. And I always just appreciated that Ashley LeBlanc, she's now over at Fieldwork, but she was so great about like taking that time when it was still fresh, because I think a lot of people wait too late. And then it's like, oh yeah, a week later, a week later. I mean, you just really can't distill it in the same ways. I think she's done a good job with that. I've learned over the years from a lot of people, but it's the connection. Like if you met them in person, now's the chance to meet them online and that follow-up. And I'll add one other tip for my audience. And that is when she was talking about the before work, a lot of people do spend a lot of time complaining to me that they don't know who's going to be there. So how can they connect? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Have you not looked at the uh, schedule? Like, you know, all of the sponsors and you know, all of the speakers and that's, who's going to be there. <laughs> Like, you know, for sure, because they're supposed to be on the stage at a certain time. So you do have somewhere to start. And then the follow-up at the end, that's that nice bookend is the people that you actually met the attendees. So, and you guys have such a great app. And so you can really connect with a lot of people, but I love that. That's such great advice. Like the before, during, and after it's not a done for you kind of proposition to go to conferences. And I have seen introverts work it just as well as extroverts and yeah. A lot of people think, oh, because I'm extroverted, they probably think this of you. It's really easy for you. No, it's not. No, it's, it's not. a lot of work. It's, it absolutely <laughs> is. you Because it's risk-taking. Because you have to be vulnerable and take a risk and say, I'm going to introduce myself to somebody. What if they don't like me? And you have to then say to yourself in that moment, well, if they don't want to talk to me, I'll get that message loud and clear. I know. I know. I know what it's like to put out the vibe of, I don't want you talking to me. So you will recognize it in somebody else. So have that kind of awareness and take a chance. And also I would say, be yourself. One of my favorite stories about an event, and this was a QRCA event years ago, was at the QRCA. I was on the supplier side, of course. And I met a woman who happened to be from Pepsi. And we were talking at dinner and she said, I hate telling people I'm a Pepsi. She was didn't want to have her name tag showing. She's like, because then it's vultures for me. She kind of shared this with me and I just leaned in with empathy. That's what we do as qualitative researchers. And I said, I'll tell you what, 
I will be your safe space at this event and we'll just be friends. Like, let's just talk. And we, at the time that event was in Orlando, her name is Amy Mahoney, by the way. And she's one of my very close friends now to the point where not only did we just talk at that event, we went to the lazy river together. We had drinks together. We actually skipped a few sessions together and we're like, let's just have fun together and get to know one another. She ended up hiring me when she worked at Pepsi and bringing me in to do some freelance ad hoc project work and facilitation for her. But then I hired her when I was on the full service supplier side to join my qualitative team. So this was just somebody that I made the decision. I'm not going to sell to her. I'm just going to befriend her. And that act of befriending made our relationship pay off exponentially over the course of the next 10 years. It's really quite special what you do when you just say, I just want to get to know people. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's the mic drop that I'm going to leave this on. (laughs) I always love talking with you. This has been Karen Lynch. She is the head of content over at Green Book. If you have not connected with her on LinkedIn, you really do need to. She has been leading the content vision, the strategy, and really putting the production of what we're going to hear on the stages at Green Book together with her team. And I do really believe this is such an industry leading platform and it's a conference I absolutely enjoy. Karen, thank you so much for putting into this industry, bringing the energy and really helping us figure out how do we move ourselves forward together. I just love it. And I don't know why it's taken this long to get you on my show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. And thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure on my end as well. From all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day, have a better conference next time and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.